0: Welcome to MSP Mindset with Damian Stevens, where we have real, no BS conversations with real MSPs who have real struggles. We dive into all things business, including marketing, culture, work-life balance, and more, all to help you grow your business, think differently, and get out of your comfort zone. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for being patient as we had some technical difficulties here on the stream. If we kicked a few of you guys off or if you're just if, we're, if you're just joining us, uh, sorry for those technical difficulties. Thus, said it was streaming and it wasn't. So um, thank you for making time to join in such a busy Christmas season. I'm so happy for you to spend your time here with us. And I'm really, really excited to introduce our guest today. Uh, Nick Martin is a director of managed services at Main Street IT. And I think Main Street really sums it up in terms of the type of customers we can relate to that they serve. And director of managed services means he has a lot of tough problems. I think even more importantly, anybody tuning in, he was the guy that started as the technician, you know, cutting his teeth on IT, figuring stuff out and ended up not his company, but he himself managing over 100 servers, north of 1,000 endpoints and workstations, and um, had to manage all that himself and deal with that scale. He was early enough that he helped the company grow past that super tough $1 million revenue line. So if any of you guys are struggling to get past that um, or at other stages, feel free to ask those questions. And if you ask me, the toughest job he has is as a parent. He has, I can understand being a dad myself, he is a father of a two-year-old and a five-month-old. So he's a sleepless director of managed services. So Nick, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you me. for being patient as we got things re-kicked there. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, uh, so, so how do you do it with a two-year-old, a five-month-old, director of managed services, and by the way, now guys partner in the company. Got a few yeah. balls to juggle.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, Well, first and foremost is the coffee aspect is pretty much uh, my drug of choice. Uh, Well, it's really my only drug, really. Um, (laughs) It's an addiction. It's really bad. And uh, secondly, is having a wife who is comfortable watching my two children so much so I can continue to pour into the business. Um, Now, she keeps me honest. I got to make sure I make time at home. Um, So really, um, I don't know how I do it. I, it's it's a lot of work and a lot of energy being poured out um, but it
0: it's been a lot of fun yeah. too. I remember I loved my kids once they slept through the night um, before that <laughs> I was like I, I was on the fence a little I just can't function without mm. sleep so hats <laughs> off to you so we kind of talked about the title here today is recession proof your MSP so tell me what you're seeing what are you seeing going on are you seeing signs of that and what do those things mean to you
1: yeah, no, that, that, that's great. That's a great question and great conversation all around. I mean, depending who you're talking to, I mean, we already in are in the midst of a recession. Right. And so right now we are having some of our customers uh, reach out to us and ask us, um, you know, prove, prove your worth, prove your worth. And, and now I'll say that with a caveat, is that really those are our bottom tier customers. You, you know, we actually have a grading system in our company um, for each customer. It's a one through three. Um, you know, that one is actually... Um, our, our bottom tier is what we consider our bottom tier. These are the people who are super technology agnostic. They are like you know they do not want to engage. They don't want to be strategic about anything. I mean, we're there because we're a necessary evil. Uh, where our number three uh, tier customers, I mean, they are totally strategic. We are involved top to bottom um, and really highly engaged with them uh, relationally. So, and obviously, two can speak for itself. It's somewhere in the middle there. Um, but really, what we're we're seeing only this conversation come from our bottom tier customers, and um, so that one maybe some twos uh, teetering on that one. But, but the reality is, uh, our top tier customers uh, they already engaged relationally with us, and they already see the value for them. It's not so much a cost; it's you know what they're getting at the end of that value because they they understand that, that technology, like it or not, it ain't going away today. Um, like it or not, it's getting more complicated. And so uh, they already see the value where our one, our bottom tiers, they're not really, it's always just been a cost
0: thing. To right, them. right. By the way, love you red and green in the background. Uh, definitely on point for Christmas. Uh, that's awesome. Yes. Merry
1: Christmas to Yeah, everybody. Merry
0: Christmas to everyone joining in. Um, jump in with the comments. If you have, as you have those, we'll do our best to answer as many as possible. If you're listening later, uh, let us know what you think of it. Um, so what does recession proofing your MSP mean to you?
1: Yeah. So what we look at recession proofing is that we need a long term relationship, right? I mean, that's what the, that reoccurring revenue is what's going to be building out our profitability. It's also going to continue to engage in a longer, healthier relationship. Uh, so Recently, and I say recently, maybe in the past year, um, any new customers that were onboarding, we used to do month-to-month contracts, um, and, and although they were really great in the sense that we could onboard people pretty quickly because there's no real, real commitment to it, we found out that people saying yes to them ended up being our bottom two tiers versus our, you know, our top tier. And so now when we have conversations with people, uh, it's, it's, it's really, hey, we want to engage for a year. We wouldn't engage for three years. And, and you know, we, we weren't even talking about this three year deal until uh, we had a recent customer approach us and say, Would you do a three year deal? When I mean, we're looking at long term. Right. Um, and so recession proofing, I mean you talk about getting a three year deal. I mean, they're they're locking themselves in and, and really we're locking ourselves in too relationally. We need to be able to give back and provide value. Right. Um, so that's that's really what we try to do to help recession proof ourselves is to build out these relationships in long term contracts.
0: Yeah. So that sounds great. How do you get those? Right. I know you said something new. So tell me about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. So, so really what we were focused on so heavily, again, it comes back to that month to month, like that's what we always were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were so heavily focused on cost, almost giving in basically to the customer mm-hmm. uh, or a potential customer at this point and saying, yeah, you know, we are expensive. Um, but the reality is that's what not managed, that's not what managed services are. Right. It's all about value, way beyond just uh, dollars and cents. I mean, you need to provide strategic value. And we can dive into cybersecurity. We can dive into um, you know, data centers, cloud. But every single thing is getting that much more complicated, that much more um, feature-rich. There's really we, there's tons of value out there to be delivered on. And these companies that are growing and expanding, they are the ones leaning into this new technology. They're the ones leaning into these new feature sets and wanting to get value out of it. Um, so we stopped having those conversations. Yes. You know, if you, if we have a, we actually had a recent, um, uh, uh, potential client, it was a lead and they, 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 they wanted to harp on dollars and cents and it's like, yeah, we, I totally understand that. And if you're not in a place that you want that, um, and, you know, that that's not something that we're out to just lower our value because we we have value here and we're way cheaper than, and then if you need to go higher, so, because um, there's there's a lot of one man shops out there and I don't mean to diss on them, but they'll always undercut, sure. right? I you mean, can't beat them. can they actually deliver? yeah Yeah, you can't beat them, but can they also give you the same value that we've built ourselves up to be? You know, we were that one man shop. Don't get me wrong. When I started, I was employee number two. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, we've kind of worked our way through that whole process and it takes time. It does. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna need to put some little blood, sweat and tears into it a little bit. And, and, but coming out the other side, you can't budge That's right on pricing and valuing ourselves. Um, cause it, we, that was a hard, hard lesson. Uh, but now we're, what we're seeing is our leads are way more relational. They're, they're looking super far into the future. Um, and, and people are seeing that.
0: Well, little quickly, I just wanted to, if, to uh, let you know morgan was just about to compliment the setup i think when i was asking yes. about that so nice look so awesome. others are noticing yeah. and then i did want to talk about you're talking about the uh three-year agreements so mm-hmm. um scott has a question saying hey with the three-year are you getting an annual increase yeah so um i oh
1: boy, a lot of people might not like this comment but i'm going to say it um we, we might actually be taking a uh, a page out of the Kaseya playbook. Now, Ouch. I know people have a, You're lot, gonna get a lot of tomatoes, tomatoes thrown at you for I that know. one like, yeah. I <laughs> look, look, look. I, I I am not a huge fan of how their PR has turned out these last couple of years, right. but there's one comment cuz I I had actually griped about them online yeah. and Kaseya reached out to me, but they gave me one pointer that I kind of stuck to. I and I and I actually I believe it. They said, the reason why we want three years is because we can deliver the best value if we know you are with us for three years versus
0: one Mm -hmm. year.
1: And I sat with me and I thought to myself, all right, I I actually get that. So that's why, that's another thing that helped us move us to that three years. So no, we actually don't give annual increases. What we're saying is, hey, for three years, you could be locked in, no problem. Because the reality is even that annual increase, um, even with the one years that we uh, that we do implement we, uh, every annual contract we do implement a one year increase um, I mean the percentages are very small mm-hmm. but if I can lock a customer in for three years I mean that I mean that's stability mm-hmm. and, and it's not easy again it's not easy not, not everybody's going to want that we still have a lot of customers that don't want that um, but it does help us provide the, the cheapest I, I say cheapest that's probably not the right word to use here but to deliver the best value um, at the least amount of cost um, so actually, what we started doing and and as we our three years are our standard. And a one year actually gets a little percentage increase. Oh, you want the one year? Okay, we're gonna actually increase that because again, it goes back to that, uh, that value portion. So I apologize, I brought up Kaseya. <laughs> and again, they're not, they're not the most PR friendly firm in the right. world. But Frankly, I do agree with that. Um, I agree with that whole
0: three-year deal. I, I think there's something to be said. I love that. the candor and the courage to agree with the least popular <laughs> vendor in, in the space, yeah. maybe at the moment. So that's awesome for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love the conviction yeah. to do that. And you can learn from anybody, right? You can learn from, from good right. and bad. So, so that's awesome. Um, Morgan had an, another question about turning away potential customers being so difficult. Do you have a gut feeling that makes you question if you're just... Being straight up dummy, or does that wear off with Tom?
1: No, that doesn't wear off. You're sitting there every time thinking, uh, I am turning away cash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so we're, this is pretty new for us. Like, I'm, I'm, I haven't been sitting here just turning away deals left and right for like years now. Okay. Um, but, but I have started to do that. And, and frankly, because we finally turned a corner of profitability. So now the key is how do we be most efficient? And, and, and frankly, those bottom tier customers I talked about, that one or two rating, they suck the most time and energy from us. So we actually, and we can get into this as well, it doesn't matter, uh, we've developed metrics around customer performance. You know, who's sucking the most time and energy? Um, now, there's a, there's a little bit of details that need to go along with that. Like, we need to understand context of what kind of work we're doing for what customers. So there's always context with that. But understanding the metrics of what customers profitable versus not, what we're seeing is that those bottom tier customers are what we call is it a burden rate or effectively hourly rate based off of how many hours we're putting in versus the contract. Those bottom tier customers just aren't worth it. I mean, we lose we lose money sometimes, right. and so that's that's the way I've justified turning away customers as I meet with them, and really all they want to do is talk about price and getting that bit discount. And it's like, hey, I'm fine if you want to make sure you're getting the best deal possible. Uh, but I, I'm not going to budge on prices. This, this yeah. is it. This is
0: my price. Yeah. So you mentioned metrics. That's interesting. What are these metrics Do you kind of track or mm-hmm. recommend perhaps, mm-hmm. or understand yes. the customer and the burden? That's, that's interesting. Cause I feel like yeah. a lot of SMSPs were like, you know, I don't know. I sold it for X. They pay if they pay. <laughs> In less yeah. than 90 days. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that's that's good. <laughs> like that's a good customer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And and this was all part of journey. If like I feel like you can't be an MSP unless you go through right. some of this stuff. Um, so so if you're journeying through this, this is like totally normal. Yeah. Um, we still experience this from time to time. Sure. Um, and we have new challenges. But anyways, back to the 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 metrics point. Uh, well, we're so every PSA tool that you're using, personally we use Autotask. Okay. Um there there's a lot of great ones out there. Um, they are now Kaseya. They weren't when we were with them. So, uh, don't Harper me for being a Kaseya lover. (laughs) Um, but they're, you know, connect wise. And, uh, if you are using the Kaseya's built in stuff, there's, there's a lot of options out there, but they all provide you with a ton of details. Uh, so actually we have some metrics like plastered on our like different TVs we have around our offices to like help the technicians understand how things are going day to day. Um, and, and so what we do then with that is we have internal, we have metrics for our techs, we have metrics for our executive staff, our financing team, stuff that we review. So we take metrics out of our financials or our, our um, yeah, like, so right now we're using QuickBooks and then we take uh, data out of Autotask and we're putting all these together to make sure that we're getting the the, the best value. So we, everybody's using these tools. It's just a way to pull out that information uh, for the most helpful data points. So, so, for example, I talked about the burden rate or the effectively hourly rate. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, providing a managed IT services, I need to know that I'm making X amount of money per customer. I um, mean, so you know, if I have a customer where I'm, you know, I, it's a $10,000 contract, but I'm putting in 100 hours a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I need to figure out whether that's good or not. You know, or so, like for example, sorry hundred hours a month that I'm putting in for work in a thousand dollar a month contract, obviously that ain't going to work out right. so well that, that I'm not making enough right. money uh, versus a 10,000 month contract that I'm putting in, uh, you know, 50, uh, 20 hours a month. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of variables in there. You got to figure out what's working for you um, and what your. are um, it took us a while to figure out where the metrics were at. Sorry. There's a lot that can go into metrics. We can have like another <laughs> crash course on this, but uh, I spent a lot of time actually manipulating metrics to figure out um, both from the financial perspective and the, the, the technician um, uh, perspective as well. You know, how are they being productive? So I've spent a lot of time on this and we
0: can go any direction. That I'm you curious want. to hear, at least, you know, maybe there'll be other questions people ask, but I'm curious to hear, like, what what did you learn was the wrong way or, you know, the, the wrong things to measure? Maybe the easier things to measure. I don't know. And, you know, how did you know that like, this is the right blend? Because, you know technician mm-hmm. utilization there might be something that's easily seen but that doesn't tie it to the customer or the agreement and that doesn't tie to your quickbooks yeah. or whatever your finance yeah. is so how did you how did you figure out this is not right and this is not what we need to do
1: <laughs> yeah um so, so two two quick stories one is the wrong way to use metrics or to even implement metrics without making sure your team is on board and, and the other is um Helping us understand what customers uh, are our best customers that one through three I talk about. Um, so that first for the first story we had released this whole idea of kill rate. You know our technicians are taking daily tickets, um, not not including projects. We're kind of separating those out. And how often you know if they're getting five tickets a day, are they closing five tickets a day? What's our kill rate? You know if they open five, close five, that's one hundred percent. You're you're killing off all your tickets you're getting in. Um, so we had released this to a lot of our staff members, um, and and it's it's not. A way of measuring employees' um, abilities—that's not what it's meant for at all. But we had one or two kind of take it that way because, Uh, like, they get a lot of—they get—they get get a very short amount of tickets, but they're highly complex. And so we rolled it out before really helping our employees understand and grasp. Hey, this is not how you're to be measured as like an employee review thing. That's not that at all. Uh, This is out there to show you—you know, out of all, out of everything we have going on. If you feel like you're falling behind, here's here's a visual to show you why. And now, how can you help us adjust from that? So it was actually meant for them to look at and then give us feedback as a leadership team to say, you know, I'm getting 30 tickets while you know Joe over here is getting five. Like, why is that? It's like, well, okay, we that's a that's a great question. We need to hold ourselves accountable. We need to make sure that we're um, working properly. And so, anyways, we had we released it without really telling anybody. And that was, that was not it sounds good. Like something so. I would do.
0: Yeah. Not, not intentionally, <laughs> but do that and think, of course you'll yeah. understand that's not. Yeah. Because you go, wow, well, they can do 50 tickets and I can only do five a day.
1: Ah, oh, exactly. Yeah. So people are comparing themselves and it's like, man, each ticket so like has context. So you like one person might have 10 password reset tickets. Another person has like an exchange is offline. I'm yeah. um, working through some deep sysadmin kind of stuff. So, yeah. And so you can't really take that at face value. Right. Um, but it has been helpful. I will say that actually, that metric has actually been helpful for us to continue to understand workloads and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just making sure your, your team members are on board first is, is key. Um, and then going into that second story, um, you know, we'll quick go back to that burden rate, the, hour, uh, the hourly sure. rate. So what we found is that for us right now, 150 bucks an hour uh, per customer is that, is that sweet spot. If we're making 150 or above we're set. I mean, it seems like we're, we're, we're making out at least well enough to be profitable, which is, that's the key, key of every business. You got to be profitable. Um, So we had actually had a lot of customers. I shouldn't say a lot, we had a few bottom tier customers that ended up being like really small, like we were almost making 40, 45 bucks an hour because we were putting in so much time. And so, and and it it wasn't, it was totally disproportionate. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness, why, why are we just, Putting so much work on our technicians, and so it actually helped us understand: hey, we either need to up your rate significantly, or we need to drop you because our techs can't keep up with this level of work, and we're actually we're actively losing money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, depending on what area you're at, 150 maybe more or less. Um, you know, if you're in a rural rural area, it might be a lot less. If you're in a city, you might want to go quite a bit higher. Um, but it, it really depends on your context. You got to find out out that number yourself and 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 figure out how to make
0: it work for you. Sure. Sure. So the, are those the kind of the metrics that you would track?
1: Yeah. So some of these are only for the executive team because really we don't want to burden tech, the technicians for them. But it is, yeah, I, a lot of this stuff I, I see basically on a weekly basis. I review everything and we present it to the team and say, OK, how where do we need to adjust or are we good to go? A lot of times we're trying to color code this, make it as simple as possible. Green means good. Red means we need to seriously adjust. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, so yep. track
0: the right metrics to know you're profitable or if you're not. Mm-hmm. Grade mm-hmm. the customers like you have a one to three. Mm-hmm. What else would yep. you, what else do you think is important to know if you can recession proof your MSP?
1: Yeah. Um, making sure that. Your technicians are effective. Uh, so, one mistake we had actually made is we, and this is something I don't know if other MSPs face, but this is something that we faced all the time. We would get a new customer and it would be like, I don't know, 30 to 50 seats, and it'd be like, oh, this is great. But then our technicians couldn't keep up. Um, you know, it felt like it was just an onslaught of tickets. Um, and so, helping them understand the importance of of how to get work done. Like, are they actually efficient? So we ended up, we never had run meetings before, but now we run weekly meetings and they're like non-negotiable. You got to show up. Um, and these meetings are, are, are part of the processing. You know, are we redoing tickets? You know, this kind of stuff we need to review together. You can't be having a technician that's just run, 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 run. Um, and so we actually have a metric to measure our, our billable time per um, technician. And we like that. That sweet spot is like, that's seventy five to ninety percent billable time. Uh, would be that sweet spot because anything over ninety percent, and really, you're just you're working them. I mean, they have no time for documentation or time to um, well hardly catch a breath, really. And anything under seventy five percent, you're probably overstaffed. Right. Um, so it's understanding to how well your technicians are being utilized. Um, me, cause, cause we spent, we went and we thought, Hey, we got two or three customers, customers in a row and, and we're like, Hey, we need to, we need to hire all these people. And so we, so we did. And that was like a huge mistake. We should not have done that. We weren't ready for that. We weren't actually being effective properly.
0: Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Well, let, let's switch gears. Uh, I'd lo- I mean, kind of on the same topic, recession proofing, but how do you recession proof? There's, there's being efficient. Know if you're making money sounds like that's kind of important.
1: Yeah, super.
0: What about on the revenue side? How do you um how do you handle customers coming back and saying I need to cut back. I I want to pick and choose uh on your service menu. I know you bundle it, but like I need to I need to cut costs and you're one of them. Uh, you know, any whatever they say there's some version of that, right?
1: Mm. Yeah, and so what we actually did or have been doing is again we're not we're not talking about our top tier customers we have actually had no issues at all there you know I mean they've even went and laid off some of their own people because they were having some internal like usage problems um, versus even ditching us so that's that's really awesome again you want to understand who your top customers are um, but you know as we um, have had these conversations what we actually offer is similar to what we did early in the COVID pandemic times, um, you know, Hey, if we gave you some discounts for the next three months, you know, maybe give or take a month in there, would that help justify keeping us around longer? Cause you know, we're, you know, but now we can't put the time in mm-hmm. now. We, we don't want to put the time in like, you know, we're still going to do our due diligence. We're still going to do the maintenance the monitoring, but we cannot put like outrageous hours. in. so we're going to pull back the amount of hours, especially on the help desk side. Uh, cause again, other than that, you don't, the moment you start a la carding stuff and, and that is so hard to not do, mm-hmm. the moment you start doing that, you, you're going to end up with a mess in the books. You're going to end up with a mess in the customer and, and technicians aren't even sure what they're doing for each customer because each customer is totally unique. I mean, that, that, that's really hard on your technicians. Um, and so that's the case. We try to do a, a very short term. It's got to be short term or else they're not the right customer. Um, you know they gotta be able to get off our plate then. yeah um and so we, we've actually let a couple customers walk um and as again we, we talk about you just need money that's a problem a lot of people just i need cash but the the thing that's really hard to see is you need the correct cash you know i so for example our, our company is now encroaching uh, approaching excuse me approaching the two million dollar revenue mark and that's that that's kind of fun for us that you know we're we're tr- we're trying to get more revenue but yet that's not the number that matters right. Profitability is the one that matters, and so we had actually met with a, a peer of ours who does eight million dollars in revenue, yet their profits are less than six percent. It's like five and a quarter or something <laughs> like that. And, and so it's like, wow. I mean, you're we're totally missing something here. I mean, that is not worth the amount of time. You know, you you just have bigger problems at eight million dollars revenue yeah. a year. That's all you That's have. Right. And so the profitability is by far the most important. I mean you don't want to let people go. That is like, that's horrible. That's an awful feeling. Right. But the the reality is profitability is key. So if you understand the metrics, then you can actually afford to tell your customers, yeah, sorry. I mean, this is what it is. You know, if we can help and be relational, maybe give a short, short term discount, maybe we'll do that. Other than that, I mean, there's value in what we do. And and like it or not, our services are super important. What are you going to go hire a person to do this? Because, that's just not going to work out. Or if you get a one-man shop at an hourly rate, again, that's not going to work out. Who's keeping an eye on cybersecurity? Who's keeping an eye on backups? Who's keeping an eye on patching? There's a lot that goes into that. So they got, then they have to
0: sacrifice.
1: So yeah, profitability is by far the most important thing that people need to pay attention to. It's tough, I know, because like you need money, but yeah, man, if you're not making the right money, it just kills.
0: Well, um, so you you've given some great points guys come come in with questions i'll take a quick one and we'll try to get a few more morgan asked how long did it take to figure out which metrics to track and to set yeah, up that, those ways to track them yeah that that's a great question
1: um so we <laughs> we partnered with uh Bright Gauge, who um is through Connectwise, and i'm not necessarily advocating for them although i do love their product by the way um they have so many metrics that out of the box, we just started pulling like all these data points up, and it almost confused us because it was too much information. Um, but that was actually super helpful for us to kind of sift through and like. So out of the box, they give you like all sorts of dashboards and gauges to 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 give you info on, and that actually helped us sort out. Okay, is this is this an important metric or is it not? Um, so. To to answer your question there, it took us quite a bit of time. Like It took us a couple months to actually roll this out. And then, like I said earlier, we didn't even roll it out correctly because we were rolling it out without giving people feedback or insight into it. Um, But it took us quite some time to sit with, to figure out what's important, what's not important. Because even then, like here's a vendor, here's an MSP vendor in ConnectWise. And even then, every MSP has maybe a different operational Structure, so like you got to figure out whether it's it's as healthy for you or not. Because there was a couple points in there. I was like, well, that I don't even care about that. That's not even helpful for us. Um, so it did take us a couple months to sift through, and we and we needed help. So I, I everybody has a vendor. Like for example, my personal favorite vendor, and I don't mind giving them a shout out, is Enable Enable Technologies. I, I love the way that they handle partnerships and and customers. And so we've actually uh, through no cost to us have engaged with them on business development. Um, and they've been so helpful in that area. And so that actually got us kickstarted into looking into metrics. And they gave us a handful that, yeah, maybe you want to look at here or over here to make sure that you're remaining um, remaining profitable and efficient. So um, take advantage of your vendor relationships. They're, like, they're huge because they want you to be profitable so you can spend more money with them. Uh, so they have a, some serious skin in the game. And we did not take near enough advantage of that early on in our MSP journey. I mean, that's something we only took advantage of the past two or three years.
0: Awesome. So would you say it was the vendor that made the difference? Meaning like Enable? Was it Brightgate it taught you? Was it a peer group? Was it a book? Um, yeah. Um, that's a great
1: question because I feel like it was a little bit of everything. Um, you know, Enable got the ball rolling. And In fact, I didn't even know there was business development stuff out there. Um, until they approached us and said, hey, we we want to work a little bit more intimately with you. And so now I actually do that with all my vendors. Um, you know, even ConnectWise, my distributor, Ingram Micro, I mean, I live into those, those relationships so heavily because what have Enable actually kicked off helping me understand. Um, and so, yes, I did spend some time reading books from different authors on, on business. And and if I actually may say, uh, one of the biggest differences that just came to my mind that made, uh, a difference for us in the the last two years, because really a lot of what I'm talking about has really unfolded with us in like the last two years was understanding the business side of the MSP. So like get out of like the tech, technical stuff, get out of like the day to day operations, but like Figure out just how to run a business. It, it's crazy. Like, there's a lot of technical people that start up businesses, and they're so improperly structured. Um, and so that took us a while to look at ourselves and say we're not structured properly. What are these things called metrics? Like, I know I know there's fun dashboards and graphs, but like, why are they even important? And so engaging with uh, uh, business development people and and uh, businesses to help you grow your business is like. Super duper important. I, I don't think MSPs actually do that enough because that's actually what made the biggest difference for us. It wasn't figuring out how to uh, leverage our technical operations. It wasn't figuring out how to um, provide a new piece of software or a new tool for our customers. It was totally fixing the business side of, of our MSP business, um, which required no technical ability at all. That That was the biggest difference for us in the past two years.
0: Awesome. So tell me about some stuff that, really screwed up tell me about some painful things if these have been you know i know you've maybe take a little while to get those metrics um tell me about some of the lessons learned and the painful ones yeah
1: yeah so i mean i did talk briefly about the the one employee or one or two employees actually who ended up being taking the metric thing totally wrong Mm -hmm. um but probably the most painful lesson that i've come through personally um is is the ability to to lead with communication. Uh, you know, I mean, we talk about, again, uh, I, I want to get new revenue. I mean, I know we talked about this a little bit. You know, you just want money coming in the door. You want it, but but at the end of the day, um, so for example, these past couple months have been like wildly busy for us. And the biggest thing that's made like, beyond the business development, beyond any tool that we've had, is the ability to communicate with our employees. And, and, and communicating with customers is super important, but Mm -hmm. like having the employees and making sure that they're feeling protected and safe, uh, you know, that it's, or or not overworked or stressed out. You know, we've had a couple of people come to us and it's, it's been pretty painful to watch. Um, you know, they, they're kind of at their wit's end. Like we've, they feel like we've pushed them too far and you know, that, that we're leveraging them a little too harshly. Um, especially getting maybe too metric heavy like that. They're just a number. Um, and so that, That, uh, and I alluded to that with the other story, but like making them feel like they're not a number, but like that there's a relationship there and that they feel valued is like super, super important. You know, we have one or two employees that will actually do almost anything because they feel valued. Um, and they've done actually work that I would never even ask them to do. And they're, they're just willing to do it because, you know, we've had a lot of great communication with them. We've worked past the whole metric things, helping them get on board with the business, um, you know, if they're not doing that, it's, it's going to be really tough to, to grow the business in a way that you want to grow the business. Right.
0: If you don't have the right people, you can't grow. Right. And if you don't keep them, yeah, if you don't that, retain that's them. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And allow them to grow. Yep. Yeah. Everybody's got their own growth path. Right. <laughs> that's right. Now, we were talking backstage and you mentioned that, unfortunately, like a lot of MSPs, you also had a horror story with backup. Um, so tell me about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, I don't know if you can be an MSP and not have a horror story about backups. <laughs> and, and that's probably the one thing that took us way too long to figure out. You know, in the early days of our MSP and we didn't even call ourselves that back then. Um we just hopped and jumped to different backup systems like crazy. And uh so it was about this time last year, actually. Um, it was the week before Christmas, like 6 or 7 days before Christmas and we had a, a manufacturing firm who was a custom, who was a customer um come to us all, all of a sudden pretty frantic one day and, and basically they all their systems went down there's a hardware failure they had something totally get corrupted in one of their sands and so now now it's digging deep time and see okay do do the backups work um and to take a long drawn out story and somewhat of a painful story because there's you know anything like anytime that happens there's a lot of finger pointing mm-hmm. um which is which is always fun but to take that long story and make it short you know what we ended up doing was 24 or 48 hours had passed since them going down And all we're doing at this point is actually just testing to see if the backups work. And and so the backups had like stopped or been intermittently working kind of thing. And so like the 24 or 48 hours, what we're doing is like, okay, we got a backup from two weeks, so can we restore it? Oh, we got a backup from two days ago, can we restore it? And so, oh no, we can't do that. Okay, we gotta go maybe another week or a couple days before that, because that's the last time the backup had actually run, because the internal IT guy hadn't actually been getting notified about any of this as his responsibility. Um, and so it took 24 to 48 hours to even figure out, okay, this is, we have a great backup. It's from the m- most recent we can get. And they lost seven days worth of work in their ERP system. Uh, so the accounting team ended up working out, working, I think it was like 16 hours or something crazy for, uh, every day until Christmas. Um, <laughs> after that 24 to 24 or 48 hours. And even after that, there was like, it was really bad because it was the end of their fiscal year and the timing just couldn't have been worse. Mm-hmm. And Anyways, long story short, it is very painful. I, I hate when backups become an issue because the only reason you need them is when crap is starting to hit the
0: floor. Right. Any, <laughs> any lesson for anybody out there from that? Anything you learned from that?
1: Take backups seriously. Build a metric around backups because we have them and we monitor them like a hawk daily. Uh, nice. You got to understand what backups are working and what backups are not. And they need to be a high priority because it will never fail it'll go down at the worst possible time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of backups, guys, uh, this podcast, this stream is brought to you by Servosity. And what we do at Servocity is manage your backups. So with Servocity Safe, you can cut your support tickets in half and have us take the problem off your plate. So Servocity Safe includes daily testing of every single volume, every single day. Testing every day, not something you can typically do with the people and process and tools you have. Then we take those tested known good backups and we store them in tamper proof, ransomware proof, immutable storage. And what really makes us different is our fully managed backups means you don't have to babysit backups anymore. So you can free up your best techs to focus on the metrics, to focus on your best clients and differentiate your business as you start to grow and scale. So if you're growing and you're scaling and you're tired of wasting your time, with failed backups and VSS and troubleshooting and wondering if you can restore, book a call at com slash call. That'll book a call with me. if You'd like to talk more. Thanks for sharing that that story, Nick. I, it's so unfortunate um, because I feel like you have the folks that think they're doing enough. And then you have the folks that lose sleep at night <laughs> and it didn't feel like there's a lot in between, you know, there, there's, there's, you know, and, and as a backup you know company, we feel, you know, it, my, my story was I was an MSP who lost data, right? So I'm super paranoid about this. And I feel like as an industry, we could do a lot more to make that easier, easier to know. So, um, you know, it seems crazy in this day and age that you could have a week's worth of backups that weren't any good and there was no obvious warnings or indicators, right? All I was going to say was, here's the
1: thing with backups
0: is that they tend to
1: be the easily most overlooked thing because you only need them when you run into an issue. Mm-hmm. So what we discovered, because again, we spent years looking into countless options, is this is something you would do not want to do by hand. You want to almost overpay for backups because you just need them working. So now we pay more than ever for backups. Um, but yet for us, it, it's gotten us out of jams time and time again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I just hopefully helps somebody that's out there that's, you know, struggling with us. So tell me about another struggle, right? I know you mentioned this, the, the people right, was a big part of it. What, what's something else that wasn't obvious? What's, what's one of the other struggles? And especially if you have anything related to how do you, what wasn't obvious to kind of recession proof your business? Yeah.
1: And and I think it's probably goes back to a little bit. I think Morgan had brought it up earlier about, you know, saying no to bad leads um, and understanding the correct money like that. That is still something I really struggle with. Um, You know, even at, for example, uh, uh, I had a recent deal that was worth forty or f- about fifty thousand dollars a year.
0: That's, that's a nice, excellent money. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that's, that's great. A nice the problem was when we were in talks with this person, ended up going like, you know, until they figured out how much actual stuff they have in their environment, they like doubled in size from our original conversation, and I was like, whoa. Um, <sighs> Let's let's talk about that. Cause like, yeah, forty-fifty, that's that's really good money. However, the amount of work that's gonna be involved there is like you're doubling that. Yeah. That yeah, it's so so the probably the most it's not the most obvious, but not all money is the same. It's just not. And and so again, I go back to the whole idea of profitability. You need to figure out you know, first off, you need to make a profit. So th- again, I, this isn't for anybody out there that's basically just started. Sometimes you just need to get through the mud and just get through that. But like, if you've kind of started working your way into this idea of true reoccurring revenue, you've matured as an MSP, the profitability piece and understanding that not all money is the same is so critical. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very, that was not obvious to me at all. Um, but, you know, as I'm having more of these conversations and understanding that that concept it's saved our technicians and actually our company from making a lot of mistakes because at the end of the day if you overcommit so for example if i would have taken this deal and all of a sudden you know it's double the amount of work you're not going to deliver the same value and so that person that company that organization can come back being a local organization they can come back and really just just slam your, your work. Because really, I don't know how anybody else's um, um, economy runs, but ours runs by word of mm-hmm. mouth. I mean, you get a bad name out there, that's just going to kill. So we find it that you have to say no. If you can't deliver on, if I cannot deliver, what I think, what I know is operational excellence, uh, delivering a full uh, cybersecurity package, whatever I'm promising, if I can't deliver that, I got to say no. Because if I say yes and totally under under deliver, people hear about that, and it and it's really hard to get out from underneath that, uh, from a, underneath that wording. You know, there's a couple co- companies, local competitors, that frankly it they kind of got that name to them, uh, and it's probably just from over promising. You know, they're trying to deliver too much, and so this idea of understanding that not money's all built the same, and you need to deliver the same value time in time out. Um, you can't do that you're better off saying no and that just sounds that that's so hard that doesn't go away
0: so if you need to pick the right clients not all revenues created equals what i'm hearing how do you do that how do you right i think most of us go first of all it's really hard to turn down four thousand bucks or so a month right for most most of us and second if i do well how do i go find the right people because i just keep getting a lot of ones that you know they sounded good in the beginning, like you said, and then they they increased the scope dramatically, okay. so.
1: Yeah, and so, well, I would, so to answer that first question, um, in, or actually uh, to answer a second question, yeah, the second question about how do we go about finding the right clients? The first thing that hits me is something that not a lot of people do, uh, are doing. Actually, the MSP market as a whole is doing this horribly, um, and it's marketing. Marketing, man, you've got to market the fire out of your business. You gotta you gotta make sure that every company out there understands you, not only from a technical perspective, but from a cultural perspective. Like that is so so important. So, I will credit my main marketing man, um, who his, his name's Stuart. Um, he has just done a wonder. At him and his uh, him and Melissa, who um, did a lot of work for us in the past couple months, he's just been an awesome dude. Um, so I'll give him a small shout out there. But he has just drilled. Yeah, go for it drilled into this idea of, of, of content, uh, and delivering content that is helpful to, to the right, pers- uh, perspective, perspective clients out there now. Cause what I will say is that there's a lot of bad, like content out there. Like for example, MSPs everywhere. just keep drilling into multifactor authentication. Like this stuff is like, you need to do this. You need to do that. And people just roll their right. eyes. Um, and it's, it's just boring stuff. And so I'm going to go back to what I talked about earlier and it's about delivering value. What, what MSPs need to do a better job of, even to recession-proof, and I'm convinced of this, is to market an outcome. You know, you want to market uh, the fire out of your business to market. We're not a necessary evil. What we're going to give you is X, Y, and Z. And what that might be is, what we're going to give you is stability and reliability. You know, for a lot of the companies out there that that, that their networks or servers or whatever is just... Crapping and crashing all the time, you know that you want to deliver a story, you want to deliver a message, an outcome. We're going to make you reliable. For the backup customers out there, we can deliver safeguards to ensure your business will be uh, continue through any type of natural disaster, through any type of hardware failures, through any type of ransomware attack. You want to deliver an outcome. That is how you're going to actually start connecting with the right customers. So we started doing this about a year ago, and it's about and it takes time takes time so about 6 months ago we started seeing huge returns on this kind of conversation i mean the conversations we're having now aren't typically based on finances don't get me wrong we still have them we still have uh leads come in where we end up talking a lot about money which is it's eventually everything does come down to sure. money but the majority of conversations we're starting to have now are based around values you no know, oh, you're delivering this well how do you deliver that well we're going to come into your organization and even if you have an IT person, we're going to help that person, you know, take the next step to making sure that your business can just function and work. So really, MSPs need to start marketing outcomes and start getting content out there that is actually helpful. Now, don't get into technical stuff. We already do that way too much. Um, you, you need to deliver outcomes and stories.
0: That's really where it needs to start. That's how you're going to have better conversations. Right. So don't get too technical deliver outcomes and stories. Give me an example. What, what's an outcome or story? What's a medium? Because, like, you know, I feel yeah, like absolutely. You can I can join so many groups and just like repost the same yeah. MFA story, and you know, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't do anybody any good.
1: Yeah. So every MFA out there has a story. I mean, I just talked about one with a backup. Here, let me let me deliver another backup story. We had a recent customer who uh they're a retail mm-hmm. customer, and on Black Friday, I don't know why we're doing this, but we're gonna do a we're gonna do a point of sale upgrade. <laughs> we we should not be doing this on Black Friday uh, about an hour before they open. <laughs> well, the software it, it totally blew mm-hmm. up, totally blew up. But because we had the right backup and backups in place, uh, because uh, of a vendor mishap, you know, the vendor <laughs> it was a bad upgrade. That's mm-hmm. what it was. It just went to crap and 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 so because we had the right systems in place, we're actually we were able to within an hour of opening. And they're, them starting the upgrade, we were able to restore a hundred percent and get them up and running with zero downtime. I mean, that's it's a very small story, but it's a story about how you deliver results. You're delivering zero downtime. Mm-hmm. You're delivering, um, you know, when when stuff goes wrong, because it will, mm-hmm. we're going to be that partner that's there for you and actually have systems in place to get you out of that jam. Yeah. And so again, it's a very small story, but you got to deliver on these stories, because we all have them. We all have times where we go through that, those big problems, and you, you'll know it because these are the frantic phone calls that you're taking day in, day out, that you end up resolving for yeah. them. Um, so, yeah, so the story then is zero downtime. Yeah. No problem, or minimal downtime if you were able to get it back with up within a certain amount of time. You know, whatever that story is, you got to be able to deliver that.
0: So Paul says, really, POS upgrade, Black Friday, an hour <laughs> before opening? Like that... That sounds a little crazy. Like, is it is uh, that the vendor requirement? Do your guys just adrenaline junkies? Like, I'm curious.
1: No, it was <laughs> it was not us. I promise you. We we actually tried to reschedule, uh-huh. um, and and the customer really wanted it. The vendor was trying to push it for weeks, and, and it's like, well, okay. When we're now coming out to our busiest time, we want to take advantage of these new features. Let's do it right now. <laughs> uh, and that so we ended up calling and emailing. Like, Can we please do this another time? And then. No, we didn't. And, anyways, there's a lot of sweat going on Black Friday around 9 a.m. Eastern time <laughs> at this facility right here.
0: Because,
1: <laughs> uh, bad idea. Never recommend it. Yeah, ever. <laughs> yeah,
0: no doubt. Um. Well, I know we've got just a couple minutes left to take a few questions, mm-hmm. but I wanted to, to hit you with one. So, Nick, we talked about kind of recession proofing mm-hmm. your MSP. I think you've done a great job of, from my understanding, saying know your metrics. Here's how. Here's a couple mm-hmm. to get in place. That leads you to understand profitability. I understand that that leads you to help maybe grade your customers, understand which ones are truly profitable, which ones are not. Um, And then of course I had to ask you tough questions like how do you get those kind of customers? So um, what are the top, you got two or three takeaways. You struggled as an MSP, right? It's not always been easy. So, uh, you know, what are your top takeaways for recession proofing your MSP or getting to the value conversation? However you want to, however you, how you feel like,
1: that makes sense yeah no that that's that's good i I mean i think the first one but actually it's my main one is you got to start working on the business and now some msps that won't be possible because you don't necessarily have the staff to to continue with the technical day-to-day but if you can even just take one two days away uh, a month to really work on the business to help deliver that value I mean, I and help structure your business. That, that is just so important. If you need to get outside help and bring people into your company to, to deliver, again, business development concepts to help you understand the business better, you need to spend time working on the business. Way too many owners, way too many partners spend time in the business. It does nothing but just... Um, pile up work to do um, and so you're gonna have times where that is stressful and because it, there is a lot of work to do but you gotta find time to do that um, you know and the, and the second thing for for me is the learning the ability to say no <laughs> um, <laughs> That that's really gonna be really hard uh, because again not everything you, you want you want that money but it's not about getting money. It's about earning money. So now a lot of that's going to come out of your working on the business processes. You're going to work on the business and say, well, shoot the last six months. We, we didn't do anything like we are just going nowhere. And you know, the next month is a three pay month. What are we going to do with that? I mean, that's going to help you understand how to say no to the next uh, potential bad client. And, and, and and that's going to just take time to figure out. You're not going to learn that overnight. Um, Actually, what you should do is rate your clients today. You're going to figure that out real quick. What are the similarity similarities between my best clients and my worst clients? And how can I either avoid them or
0: get more of them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe fire the other ones as you get more of the right ones.
1: And, and that we've had to do that. Absolutely. Because yep, yep, you're sucking too much time and energy. Do you want to up your contract? No? Okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I appreciate you get, helping us get where we're at. and and But at the end of the day, my guys need paid. My guys and girls need paid. And I want to pay them well and take care of them. Yeah. It's all about the people at the end, right? Mm, absolutely.
0: Well, I, I appreciate uh, you and giving up your time, valuable time to be here, Nick. Anybody uh, that's here on the stream and, and put in their time to be here. Thank you so much for this. Nick, before we sign off, do um, you want to plug your podcast or your your uh, company? Anything else you wanted to leave us with before we? Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I run a podcast and the whole idea is to generate content. Um, and I also do a lot of YouTube videos as well. Um, and so, uh, you could check out our channel. You could uh, check out our YouTube channel on our website, mainstreetitsolutions.com. I also run, uh, that podcast I was talking about where I invite different leaders, business leaders into the podcast to talk about business challenges but then maybe have a technical spin-off. so like what about it has like a technology um spin to this business problem how are you using technology to help yourself um so i try to make it not all about technology because otherwise people would probably not tune in and my idea is to bring in um yeah just these leaders from my local community to to help each other solve different challenges and that's uh sound bites uh sound b-y-t-e-s for bites Um, you can find that on all, um, the local or not local, but Apple, Spotify, Amazon. Um, but I can have
0: that on my, you'll find that actually on my LinkedIn page or or, our website as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Nick. Thank you guys for where they could attend. Speaking of that guys, if you thank you for today, let me say that, right. And if you are interested in any of the things getting connected with Nick, his company, his podcast, any of the, any of the great metrics, any of the things that he mentioned, we're gonna transcribe this, we're gonna write this up, we're gonna make this accessible to you. All you've gotta do to get that is email show at damienstevens.live. So if you're interested in the replay, the transcript, the notes or any other cool stuff, drop us an email, that'll make sure you know what's going on. Also hit the follow button if you'd like to know what's going on. Thank you for being my amazing guest today, uh, Nick. And lastly, if you're interested in Servosity, go to Servosity.com slash call to see if taking the pain of managing backups off your plate is for you. Thank you so much, guys. You have an amazing uh, and Merry Christmas, and we'll see you on the next one.